We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bearport Podcast. One preseason game in the books. Two more to go as the offseason continues on for the Chicago Bears. And this week it will be a busy one as Matty Rufus and his team head to Indianapolis for two joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday with the Colts. Friday is an off day. And then Saturday night they'll face off against the Anthony Richardson-led Colts in Indianapolis for the second preseason game of the year. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. We're going to dive into all of that, recap a little bit of the Titans preseason game against the Bears last week what to expect in indianapolis cover everything that's happened with the team here in the past couple of days as we get into it though let me bring in my co-host aaron lemming and aaron as i said man one preseason game down and just two more to go yeah i mean it's kind of like we talked about last week i mean once this thing gets going it goes quick especially with the way uh the way everything's formatted now with three preseason games and you know, the Bears are one of those teams that they play Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. And it's funny because I, I tweeted it out and I said, you know, they have they have basically three games in 14 days and a few people are like, what? And it's like, if you look at it, I mean, it's the first game's on the 12th, the last game's on the 26th. I mean, it, it comes and goes really quickly. And, and like we we're just talking about before we started recording, um, you know, it, we're two weeks away from the roster cut down day. I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday like we normally do. Um, so, I mean, it's it's one of those things where here in two weeks, I mean, we'll have an idea of what their initial uh, 53-man roster looks like. And, again, you know, kind of keep in mind that, you know, they, they, they are number one on the waiver wires. We've seen them use a few times. So I would expect probably a few moves to kind of turn down at the bottom of the roster. But, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how big of a world when things are, and you know, especially getting getting ready for the season. And this is kind of that time, though, um, and you know, where I, I feel like anybody who gets injured with one of those, you know, one of those nagging things, you start kind of worrying about: are they going to be ready for week one or not? And at least it sounds like right now, all the guys that are out injured right now 
Um, it sounds like they will all be good to go for week one, including Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Demarcus Walker, Nate Davis, those guys. So that's definitely a plus. But it's definitely opened up an opportunity for different players to kind of get out on the field. I think we saw that at edge rusher in the, in the preseason game. Uh, I think overall, I mean, it's, you know, for as concerning as both the defensive and offensive line have been, you know, for the better part of, you know, two or three years now and even coming out of the offseason – I, I don't know about you, man, but I was relatively impressed with the game overall. I thought it was one, it was entertaining for a preseason game, and two, I, I, I think there were a lot of positives for the Bears, and I think that's definitely something to take away, even if it is a preseason game. Yeah, you know, I think the point you, as you and I have both probably both saw, there's a lot of discourse on Twitter, a lot of you know breakdowns on the radio, TV of week one in the preseason, and sorry, my kid is uh, must be really excited there for preseason talk. Um, no, it, it's it's just like. The Bears' offense did what I think a lot of us wanted to see them do. They they were out there, you know, a couple series. Justin Fields was three for three, you know, over 100 yards. A lot of that, almost all of it was yards after catch um, and, and two touchdowns. And we, we saw that, and it's like I'm not going to react to that positively, you know, overreact to it positively. I'm not going to overreact to it negatively. That's just kind of the discourse. I just – it is what it is. Like, I don't think it should change anyone's mind on Justin Fields and his offense one way or the other. And the thing I keep seeing is like, you know, last year you're looking and you're like, okay, well, um, you know, Justin Fields doesn't look like a passer. Um, the stats show he's not a passer. And then now it's like, well, you know, he's got the stats, but, oh, but the yards, you know, the air yards were zero. And then it was all, yeah, because, like, you can't have it both ways, you know. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't think it's fair either way to, to break it down, um, whether it was great or bad in terms of the offense. That's just kind of the state of football that we kind of live in right now. Everything's going to be broken down. Everything is going to be the all 22 and, and film clips or anything like that. Nothing against anyone like that. It was just – for me, I just saw way too much like discourse on that. But I do think like there are some things to take away from the preseason. I think that comes with guys that got extended reps. You know, you look at Jack Sanborn, Noah Sewell, Tyreek Stevenson, um, how the rookies do, you know, Kervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, Travis Bell, Travis Gibson had a monster preseason game. I think he had eight pressures and, and was credited with one sack. The offensive line looked good. I think those things are fair to evaluate. I just I didn't I don't know about you but I didn't, really didn't take much away from the first team offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think again, I think it kind of goes back to the positives and the fact that for the most part, I mean, outside of one really bad run play, I mean, for the most part, the offensive line performed well in seven snaps. Justin Fields had three throws. Um, you know, the the first one, the Kari Blossom game, was a, a pass that he has not completed consistently um, throughout the first two years of his NFL career. Obviously, the screen to DJ Moore was a little bit behind him. And then, you know, the, the play to Khalil Herbert. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't think there's a, a lot to take from it, but I do think at the same time, going into – training camp in the preseason you know one of the main talking points was you know where can Justin Fields grow is he going to grow and I think that those types of plays you know preseason or not I think definitely show that the Bears especially from what you guys are reported in, in, in camp with practice you know with them attacking the middle of the field and the short and intermediate stuff I think that this kind of goes to show that this year they're going to be able to run more of a complete offense, right? Where, you know, we, we talk about the run game a lot. And I mean, that's well and fine. And obviously Justin Fields is extremely athletic and had over a thousand yards rushing last year. 
But an extension of that run game is the short passing game with the screens and the, and the easy completions. And I think that that is something that has been missing from Justin Fields' game. Now, again, we've talked about this before. Does that mean that's magically going to translate over into the regular season? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But I do think that while he didn't do anything spectacular, I, I, I do think that it's at least worth noting that he was able to you know, make decisive throws quickly. Uh, the one that he wasn't able to make quickly was the one to Khalil Herbert, where he basically broke out of the pocket, avoided pressure. And again, it's a preseason game, so context does matter. But at the same time, that is probably a play most of the last two years where he just takes off and runs with it. And what do you do? He kept his eyes downfield. He kept with his original read because that was a screen. It kind of got blown up and, you know, he was able to get out of the pocket, make the throw and let Khalil Herbert do his thing. But I think the bigger thing to me to kind of draw out of it and again, I mean, that's a busted play. I mean, the chances of that happening twice in a row again is, you know, very slim to none. You know, the chances of that happening in the regular season aren't very high. But what I think it goes to show, especially with DJ Moore, is that the the Bears offense finally have playmakers and now it's not going to be completely reliant on Justin Fields to sit back there in the pocket and make crazy plays happen and and for as much as I do not agree with a lot of what Colin Coward says I thought he, I thought he actually brought up a relatively decent point until he just drug it on and drug it on and drug it on and that's the point of the Bears expected Justin Fields to go out and make, you know, five to 10 wow plays a game last year because they didn't have the weapons. They didn't have the offensive line. They didn't have a whole lot going for him. And I think this year you're kind of looking at a situation where maybe he only has to make those two or three wow plays a game and you're going to be able to rely on your playmakers with DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert out of the backfield you know, Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon at tight end. And then obviously you still have Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Tyler Scott as well, like you have a lot more weapons at your disposal and you should have a better offensive line. Now, obviously the offensive line is something that we're going to have to kind of, you know, watch play out. And I'm sure that they're going to struggle at times and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a process. But I think that the biggest thing that I took away from it is the fact that, you know, they're finally playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. There's finally a NFL quality offense around Justin Fields to where, you know, more than anything, there's not going to be the excuses. But I think that people tend to harp on things like, you know, you look at it and you say, okay, you had 129 yards passing and two touchdowns and, you know, three for three. And you're like, wow, that's, you know, watch the game. You think, wow, man, he must have taken some, you know, taken some shots downfield. And I think that the adverse reaction to that when you realize that that's not what happens is, you know, automatically it's Justin Fields did nothing. It's like, well, okay, but, you know, when you look at, good offensive teams in this league when you look at them there's a lot of things that happen that aren't on the quarterback I mean just look at the, just look at the top team last year in yards after catch and look at the bottom team in yards after catch last year the Bears were 32nd in the league by a pretty wide margin especially when you look at let's just say you know 21 through 20 the top team in the league happened to be oh I don't know the Kansas City Chiefs so I think when you start looking at those top four or five offenses and yards after catch, I think that it kind of it, it kind of gives you a little bit of a different perspective because sometimes we can place too much of an expectation on a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, to be out there doing it all, making crazy throws one hundred you know one hundred percent of the time. When in reality, it takes a good supporting cast around him. So again, yeah, I, I agree that there's not a whole lot to take from the preseason, but what I will say is I think it was refreshing to see 
that the Bears were able to make some plays with Justin Fields simply getting the ball out of his hands. And I think that that's going to be one of the big keys for the season. We know we know that he can bomb ball deep down the field. We saw that last year. We talked about it last podcast. I, I don't, I'm not worried about it. I don't know if you are, but I'm not worried about it. If anything, I'm more worried about the offensive line, uh, you know, giving him enough time. But I think in terms of the short and intermediate stuff, and especially attacking over the middle of the field, whether that's with slants, whatever it may be, that's where Justin Fields really has to improve. And I think at very worst, I think you can look at this as a step in the right direction. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and I agree. I don't think there was, you know, when you look at it, um, for me, seeing those three plays, I saw what the Bears, you know, what they lacked last year was playmakers. They lacked those kind of explosive plays at times when they really needed them outside of, you know, the Justin Fields crazy runs where he kind of had to do it all. He didn't have playmakers to his disposal. Like, you know, he was throwing to Dante Pettis and EQ St. Brown and Arnell Mooney was hurt for a portion of the season. Velas never really got started. And now you look, it's like, okay, they have a legit playmaker in DJ Moore. They potentially have a playmaker in Cleo Herbert. And you're right. I mean, hitting on those plays is something we really didn't see last year. Justin Fields probably would have take, taken off and probably would have tried to pick up 15, 20 yards. And another example, we saw it on Monday when the Bears returned to practice at Hellas Hall. They're indoors. They had an end-of-game situation in the, you know, in the red zone at their own 20 or at the opponent's 20, down four. It was third or fourth and goal, whatever. It was the last play of the drive. The Bears needed a touchdown. And Fields had an, a, a wide open lane to run through. Probably would have been hit at one to two yard line. Definitely would have been a collision. It's by a play. He puts his shoulder down, tries to go through the defender. And instead, he stayed. He, he kind of rolled out a little, tried to force a pass to, to Khalil Herbert. Um, they kind of sailed over his head a little bit. It was good coverage. It's an incomplete pass. It's probably a decision you don't really want him fully making. But there's a positive of that. It's practice. He doesn't have to run. He can try to make that throw. You know, it's kind of like a test throw almost, I want to say. And we're starting to see a little bit more of that. Throw the ball. You know, I was talking to another Bears beat writer during practice, and we both kind of had the same thought of, okay, it's practice for Justin Fields. He should never run. He should never scramble off the pocket during team drills. They're not going live. They're not tackling. He should never run. 
it should be all throws. And I know it's not going to happen because you don't want to tell your star player, hey, you can never run. You don't want to get into his head where you don't want him to run. But in a practice setting, you want him to throw the ball. And I think we've kind of seen that a little bit, especially that throw to Herbert, like you said, making a play happen, letting your blocks get out there. And it was almost the same thing as a DJ Moore. I mean, it was a little behind him, but the blocks got there. Moore's a playmaker. He made the play. So I don't think you can fault Justin in the offense from that. Um, I, I don't think it means the offense is going to be great by any means. I, I'm interested to see what happens this week in Indianapolis. And for me, I think, you know, I agree with Matt Eberflus. I think the two joint practices going up against the Colts in practice with the, with the different units is way more beneficial to the starters than the actual preseason game. I, I don't know if you know this, um, how much the Bears offense play last year or defense starters in the preseason, the second game. Um, I, I don't, I, if I remember correctly, it really wasn't much. Um, I don't know if you know it off the top of your head, but I, I don't think it was much. I feel like it was like maybe a quarter or less than a quarter. Yeah, I don't think they played much. I'll be honest, man. I did my best to Chiefs, right? I think so. I see. I can't even remember because I I tried my best to simply wipe all of last season out of my head for the most (laughs) part. Hey, man, they went three and zero in the. the I know, I know, it's crazy. Yeah, they're four and zero in the in the uh, Matt Eberflus era of preseason. Yeah, I I want to say I don't think they played. It wasn't anything crazy because I think I remember. Week two of the preseason last year, expecting the yeah. offensive starters to play a lot more, and they really didn't. And I kind of remember coming way disappointed, like, okay, well, I'm kind of over preseason at this point. Let's just get to the regular season. Yeah, I, they were in Seattle. It was like a Thursday night, I want to say. Yeah, that was the um, game that they kicked the crap out of Seattle, and it convinced me that Seattle was going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And obviously I was pretty off on that one. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I mean, this doesn't really say who how much play, but – you know, Simeon and Nathan Peterman combined for 29 pass attempts. Justin Fields had seven pass attempts. And, I think that says all it needs to right there. I mean, yes. I would I mean, guess looking, probably a quarter, maybe a little over. Yeah, even the carries, Khalil Herbert had one. Justin Fields had one. Um, Tarrington Evans had not eight. Tristan Eber had nine. And uh, Montre Tuggle had 12. So, yeah, I mean, even Cole Kmet had the two. I want to say Cole Kmet had a couple catches. Yeah, two catches. It was so like yeah, the first it, it was the first drive of the game because they went they remember they drove the ball down the field and Komet had like yes I think he had that one pretty impressive catch over the middle of the field and he got up and kind of celebrated I want to say they they either got a touchdown or they had a field goal on that first drive they didn't do I don't remember them yeah I don't really remember the offense playing that much I could be wrong I'm sure somebody's gonna listen to this and tell us that we're dead ass <laughs> wrong but but I mean I expect this Saturday it's like the same thing I don't think they're gonna play I mean I think they get two maybe three drives. So, like, you know, my point is these practices are going to tell us a lot more, and then we're going to have to wait till the regular season. But, you know, in terms of takeaways from Saturday's game, you know, I came away, obviously, I was I was very impressed with Zach Pickens. I was very impressed with Travis Gibson. I I think we talked about it um, when the Bears released that depth chart. Travis Gibson needed – he needs two to three preseason games just like he had on Saturday. He's got one. I think to be safe, he needs three. Two probably – get some in better shape, but I still think, you know, he's, he's not a, a full roster. Like I still actually hit lock. I still have him on the, uh, on the bubble um, in terms of my 53 man roster going into this week. I was impressed with Tyreek Stevenson. Liked what I saw with, with you know, Jack Sanborn, Noah Sewell, um, you know, in terms of guys that stood out to me in the, in the, in the, you know, negative way, 
obviously, I, I think the big one is is Velas Jones, and I think you can't have that man. Like the two punts, the first one he was indecisive, let it drop. Second one, just a complete muff. I mean that that that's bad. I I don't know if they're gonna cut him. I just don't know right now what he offers because I think his confidence is totally shot. Um, and they're giving him opportunities to be a wide receiver. I mean, we've seen in training camp, we've seen in the, in the preseason game already. He has to stand out there um, on Saturday. It's just, it's tough, man. But yeah, that, that's who I got from my positive and kind of negatives. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, I think, you know, Valus Jones Jr. is a guy that, I mean, really the only thing that he has going for him, and I I don't mean to sound this brutal, but I mean, this is just kind of the truth, at least from my perspective. The only thing he has going for him right now is the fact that he was a third-round pick last year, and a relatively high third-round pick. That's, that's, that's basically it, because as a receiver, he's basically a dime a dozen. Yeah, obviously he's got the speed, but I mean, his big thing was always going to be uh, it was always going to be, you know, special teams value. And it's like, dude, if you can't be the kick returner and the punt returner, then I don't know that that's enough value to keep him on the roster at this point. I think that's just kind of where it's at, where, you know, it's it's crazy how uh, Richard Hightower pumped him up and said, oh, yeah, he's been tracking the ball really well. You know, he's really improving. The confidence has gone up, all this stuff. And then you see him in the, the, the two punts that he got – he both let him hit the ground. And it's like, what are you doing, man? Especially that second one. It's like, it was a bad enough decision as it was to let it hit the ground. But then to try to field it when you have like two or three defenders right on you is just, it was mind-blowingly dumb. And it's just, those are the kind of things where I'm sure he's a good dude. And, you know, there's certain values that he offers the team. But at a certain point in time, when does it become a wasted roster spot? So I think, yeah, I think he absolutely hurt himself. He had a pretty nice uh, route that he ran that he was able to make the catch for the, for the first down, you know. But, uh, again, I mean, I, I think we're already past the point, And I think that Ryan Poles kind of made that evident between the Chase Claypool trade last year, the DJ Moore trade this year. And then the addition of uh, Tyler Scott, the draft, where they're very clearly not counting on him at all as a receiver. So if you can't bring special teams value, what's the point? Um, yeah, I think I think the, the for me there were quite a few winners. I thought I thought the, for the most part the the rookies looked really good. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson I thought showed out really well. Um, Kyler Gordon looked really good. I thought both the offense and defensive line for the most part looked really damn good. That first defensive drive was a little questionable, but I thought, you know, the offense as a whole, I mean, they gave up three pressures, which was the best in the NFL for week, you know, week one of the preseason. Um, the defensive line had uh, eight total sacks and the defense as a whole forced, you know, four turnovers. I mean, there, there was a lot of good in there, but I think when you're looking at, the negatives, um, obviously, Bayless Jones Jr. pops up as is one of the big ones for I think everybody. 
Another one for me, and I feel like it's not being talked about a whole lot, and I think maybe for good reason because he's guaranteed two million dollars out of the you know two year four million dollar deal that he just signed is PJ Walker. Man, it's like you guys have kind of reported that he started off okay, and then things kind of went downhill in, in training camp. And I'll tell you what, man, he looked terrible. I mean, he was yeah in again, overthrows, man. Over that's that's been the story of training camp. If you read, if anyone's read any of the notebooks that I put out, overthrows. He's really yeah. struggled with those. Well, and it's just one of those things where, again, it's only one game. It's a preseason, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, when Nathan Peterman and Ty, uh, Tyson Bajan come out and they look considerably better than you do, and you're supposed to be you know, the, the, the backup quarterback making $2 million a year, I mean, that's not a good look, man. And, and, and I, I, again, I, I know you never want to overreact too much to, to one preseason game. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't over the moon with the, the signing like some people were. I, I think P.J. Walker was a fun story when he was in the AAF. Um, you know, and I thought it was cool that he was able to get back in the NFL. I mean, he really was not good with the Panthers at all. I know some people want to highlight some of the throws that he made and maybe look at his numbers. But I mean, if you go back and watch those games, he was not very good at all. I just, it, it gets to a point where it's like Justin Fields is in his third year in the league. At what point do you just simply say, Hey, we're going to go with a, you know, a younger developmental quarterback. I mean, look at, just look at, look at Green Bay situation right now, right? They've got a guy in Tyler Clifford. Uh, I think I think his name first name's Tyler. I know his last name's Clifford. Sean Clifford, Tyler Clifford. I don't know Clifford. One of the two. The uh, guy Sean, from Penn State, Sean, Sean Clifford. Clifford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like it looks like he's probably going to win the primary backup job over there in Green Bay. And it's like you know Jordan Love's going in his fourth year in the league. Why not take the best quarterback of the bunch? I mean, yeah, I, I, like I said, he's got two million dollars a year or two million dollars guaranteed. I don't know, man. Like I, I look at it, and it's like if 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 Bajan is sitting there um, when this thing's all said and done and he still looks like one of, if not the best quarterback of those three, I don't know why you wouldn't just carry him in the camp. I mean, the bears have failed miserably on developing a cheap backup uh, for quite a while. And I, I, and again, it's all one preseason game, but PJ Walker was one of those guys for me like that. He was a pretty sizable loser uh, in my book. And I think the other one, and I know this is probably not going to make too many people happy. And this is kind of a, like a second review type of situation. I didn't originally have him in my losers. Uh, Javon Dexter, man. Um, oof, man. He had some really, really, really rough reps out there, man. He uh, slow off the ball a lot of the time, high pad level, um, got moved off the ball quite a bit in the run. Um, again, it's one game, but it's, it's definitely – interesting because these are a lot of the same issues that I saw in college. And I know obviously he was being asked to do different things uh, than what he is right now, but that was, that was some of the big concerns I had coming out. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, you know, all the, all of the positive talk about him coming out of camp. And then, you know, Matt Eberflus basically noted again, just like I said, pad level and, and the get off isn't very good. And, that was that was definitely one of those where again it's only one game, but when you slide him in at three tech instead of putting him at nose tackle, like I think a lot of us expected, uh, you know, you're you're kind of asking for the negative reviews when it comes to the fact that if you're a three tech, you've got to get after the passer, and he wasn't anywhere close the majority of the time. Um, so, yeah, I thought Travis Gibson was awesome. I thought that I mean, really as, as a whole, I thought their edge rushers were pretty good once, uh, you know, once they kind of got to that that second level of guys. Um, you know, a lot of the interior 
defensive line guys I thought were pretty good. I mean, like I said, there were a lot, lot more positives and negatives. It was actually, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game overall, but there's definitely, definitely some things where you're kind of looking at and you're kind of, you know, you're kind of wanting to see more of. And I, I think a lot of it right now isn't so much about the starters as it is the depth. Like obviously, you know, if the offense wants to get a few series play quarter. That's great. Um, but I think at this point in time, I think you're kind of looking more towards the back end of the roster and you pointed out Travis Gibson. I mean, they got, they got some decisions to make depending on how things play out over these next two games, they're going to have some decisions to make because, you know, I, I know it seems like Rasheem Green's got a spot locked up and he's been pretty impressive in camp and all that stuff. But I mean, he was damn near invisible in the game. And again, it's just a preseason game, but then you look at uh, Terrell Lewis, you look at Travis Gibson, uh, you look at Jalen Harris. I mean, they had quite a few guys that were producing and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these next two games play out, but they might end up having a pretty tough decision to make uh, at edge rusher because I don't think they're going to keep more than five guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have someone like, um, you know, or Stephen Green that's kind of flashed. You bring in um, Yannick Nigagwe, you know, you have Dominic Robinson, Terrell Lewis has flashed as well. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be tough for Gibson, and and you know, I, like I said, man, I, I think he needs to have at least one more of those big games, probably two more to kind of feel safe. Um, you know, still with the second team at practice on Monday, so yeah, you know, not not, not a great sign, but yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you, man, and and I do think another standout. I, I love what I saw from Kylie Gordon. He's had a fantastic camp all you know the past couple of weeks, and. He stood out to me. Him taking that next step in his game would be huge. And, and you know, I asked him after, after the game, I said, you know, how much more comfortable um, are you, you know, in that slot role now, that nickel role now that you've had a full offseason? He said 100% more. Like he, he is 100% more comfortable because, you know, he didn't have to worry about his pro day, the combine, meetings with teams working two different spots. Now he can kind of relax his body, rest his body, focus on one spot. Um, and, you know, he said, you know, I expect big things out of myself in, in that spot. And, you know, I, I think if, if he does take that step, it's just nothing but good things for defense um, moving forward. And kind of that kind of translates and segues into what I want to talk about next is these joint practices. And something I really want to keep an eye on is obviously, you know, the Colts have Anthony Richardson number what four overall pick the franchise quarterback. He's a starter. He's going to go up against this bears defense. They have a weapon in someone like Josh Downs in the slot, who I think would be a good matchup for Kyler Gordon, you know, speed, quickness, good route runner. I think it's going to be fun to watch with Gordon against, against Josh Downs. Not only that, but you know, you also have Michael Pittman going up against Jalen Johnson or, or Tyreek Stevenson. I think this bears defense against this Colts offense, um, you know, especially in the trenches too, That'll be something fun to watch. And, and I do think the Bears 
offensive line against a Colts defensive line. Um, you know, maybe the front seven will be something interesting to watch for Justin Fields in this offense. But yeah, I'm I'm looking at Kyler Gord. I'm looking at the secondary. Um, hopefully, Jaquan Brisker can return back to practice. You know, the Bears haven't been fully 100. Um, you know, in the offensive line, Jatari Carter's been getting reps because Lucas Patrick and Nate Davis haven't really been out there. So yeah, I think there's some intriguing matchups, even though they are just joint practices. I, I think they're going to provide a lot of value for for this Bears team. Yeah, and another guy completely forgot the shout out that probably had one of the best games that you know, you know, best games as a as a whole for the Bears this last weekend was Jatari Carter. I mean, Jatari Carter played a ton of snaps and played really damn well. So I think that bodes well for the Bears' depth. But yeah, I think when you're when you're looking at these joint practices, I think the again, I, I think the the experience, especially for the starters, is going to be invaluable because these are reps that you can get one-on-one. It's kind of, you know, stuff that Matt Eberflus talked about where, you know, you're going to get one-on-ones, you're going to get seven-on-sevens, 11-on-elevens, and they're going to be controlled reps in, in, in terms of, like, you know, the Colts are going to have their script and what they want to do, and the Bears are going to have their script and what they want to do, and it's going to be a little bit, easier to work certain situations and get what they want to get out of it versus a game that's a little bit more unpredictable. But yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And I, I tweeted about this earlier. I, I think it's really cool that the top three quarterbacks in this, in this draft that were, that were taken, you know, dra- uh, Bryce Young, um, you know, CJ Stroud, and then Anthony Richardson, it looks like they're all going to start, you know, Bryce Young was already named the starter. Um, it, Anthony Richardson was actually just named the starter today. Um, And then it sounds like CJ Stroud is also going to be starting. And I think that's great because I think that for the NFL, especially in today's modern day NFL, yes, you can point to Patrick Mahomes. Yes. You can point to, you know, Aaron Rodgers back in the day, blah, 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 blah. But for the most part, most of these quarterbacks are coming in and starting damn near right away. Right. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't believe that Patrick Mahomes just magically became the best quarterback in the NFL because he sat for a year. I think he sat for a year because the chiefs were still in contention and still had Alex Smith and had the opportunity to be able to develop them. I think it helped, but I don't think it made him the quarterback that he is. So I think that that's going to be kind of cool too, because I think you're going to get, you know, a a guy in Anthony Richardson, who's probably the most raw of the three, but he has probably arguably the highest ceiling of the three. Uh, You know, he's, he's a, he's a guy, he's a big dude, strong, fast. He's kind of like Justin Fields in that regard. Got a really good arm. Um, And, and, and the Colts are probably not going to be very good this year, but they've got a lot of youth too. And it'll be, Interesting, I, I think, especially when you're kind of looking at like the Colts offensive line against the Bears defensive line. I think that's a pretty interesting matchup just because the Colts offensive line had struggled uh, pretty hard last year. And then again, you flip it over to the other side of the trenches and, you know, the the Bears uh, offensive line versus the Colts defensive line where the Colts don't really have any top end edge rushers. But they have a pretty dang good interior uh, defensive line. So I think that, yeah, there's there's a lot to learn. I think uh you know, having a guy like Tyreek Stevenson go against somebody like Michael Pittman instead of a guy like DJ Moore has his advantages. I think that this is kind of more one of those when you're looking at, you know, building blocks and developmental, uh, you know, check boxes. Um, I, I think that those are the kind of things that you're looking at going into the regular season. I agree. I think that that's probably going to have more value overall than the preseason. And it wouldn't shock me. I, I would still guess that they're probably going to, you know, that some of the starters will probably play a little bit um, on Saturday, but I think you could see a pretty similar approach uh, to what we saw last week. And I think it's also worth noting too, the bears didn't do joint practices last, uh, last year. So I don't know how much of, 
you know, what they did in week two of the preseason last year can be judged off of what they're going to do on Saturday. But, you know, they got some questions down at the bottom of the roster. They got a lot of rookies. They've got a very young roster themselves. I would guess that they're probably going to have one of the youngest rosters in the league, uh, you know, when week one rolls around. So there's going to be there's going to be quite a bit to learn. I think it's going to be interesting. And I'm sure that the, the people who go down for those practices may end up getting more out of the practices than they would the game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there both days, coming home Saturday before the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think the practices have so much value to them, especially the joint ones. You know, we've seen the Bears go to Denver in, uh, a couple of years ago. They went – they were supposed to go to Denver again. I believe that was the COVID year uh, that they had to cancel that. And then, you know, hosting Miami was interesting as well. So, yeah, I do think there are, you know, there there's, there is value in these practices, like like you mentioned, and Matt Nibifus mentioned, the seven-on-seven seven stuff, the one-on-one OL versus DL, the running backs versus linebacker, pass pro, wide receiver DBs, and, and obviously team drills. So, yeah, make sure you're, you're locked in with us. I'll, I'll do my best to report whatever I can there. I don't know the Colts' Twitter policy or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, no, I'll do my best, especially with notebooks and stuff like that. But, you know, as Aaron said, man, we're, we're just a couple weeks away from cutdown day and rosters getting set. So it's going to be very interesting um, to watch these these practices and then the two preseason games, kind of see where things stand. Um, you know, guys on the bubble, guys trying to make the team, how the practice squad sets up. And, and one thing we should note that's very important is Bears are still number one on the waiver list. So – they, you know, there's opportunity if someone they really like is is cut from another team and, and they really like them. You know, we saw the Bears make what I think it was five to six moves last year on the waiver wire. Um, you know, history, I guess, the one year tells us that they're going to be active and having the number one claim, you know, that's another intriguing aspect to it. So, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Where can everyone read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. Um, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Check back with us for more coverage, uh, especially these next couple of days while the Bears are in Indianapolis, as well as the following week as they prepare for the third and final preseason game, leading into roster cutdown day, all that good stuff. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.